Hello, everyone. Hi, people. Hi, beautiful people. We're back again. Guess who's back? <laughs> and this is officially our first episode, which, of course, last week we said would be Dirty Dancing. So mm-hmm. hopefully you've got your popcorn ready, you've got your slushies or drink or hot chocolate, whatever you like to enjoy, um, a cup of tea, water, if you're trying I've to be I've got a honey and lemon tea, just to let everyone know. Thank you for that information, Fee. You're welcome. So let's get comfortable and yeah, let's get going. So we're basically, each episode is going to be structured, I guess, into like three or four categories. Um, so the, so the first one, I'm just going to kind of introduce the movie, uh, what it's kind of about, obviously spoiler alert, if you haven't watched it, should probably not listen to this episode. Um, uh, but yeah, and Belle is going to talk about the music, choreography. Oh wait, no, I'm going to talk about the choreography. Hi, why do I always forget that? Um, the script, critical responses, we're basically going to cover all questions and kind of sectors of the film basically so without further ado i am going to start okay so i literally found this bio across the internet and gives a perfect insight of the movie so here it goes In 1963, Frances Baby Hausman, a sweet daddy's girl, goes with her family to a resort in upstate New York's Catskills Mountains. Baby has grown up in privileged surroundings and all expect her to go on to college, join the Peace Corps and save the world before marrying a doctor, just like her father. Unexpectedly, Baby becomes infatuated with the camp's dance instructor, Johnny Castle, a man whose background is vastly different from her own. Baby lies to her father in order to get money to pay for an illegal abortion for Johnny's dance partner. She then fills in as Johnny's dance partner and would not. However, it all comes apart when Johnny's friend falls falls seriously ill after her abortion and Baby gets her father who saves the girl's life but learns what Baby has been up to, who with, and worse, that he funded the illegal abortion. He bans this... He bans his daughter from any further association with those people. So there we go. That's the basic insight. Um, do you think that sums up the movie? No, I think it does. Um, it does a really good job of summing it up. I liked it. I think it went into a decent amount of detail without going too much into depth. So, and I feel like you can still watch it and get a lot from it. So. Yeah, no, I think it was good. Yeah. So when I was like doing research for the introduction, a lot of like a lot of the people that have watched this movie and obviously consider it as uh, like a phenomenon don't think of the abortion plot as like a subplot. It's just a thing, like an event mm. that occurs, which I found really interesting. Um, so like I'm glad that this kind of description acknowledges the subplot of the movie which is which is what happens like before and after and like I'd say it's like kind of like a not climactic is it anticlimactic or climactic moment? Oh, I don't know which one I'd use. I think 
I'm not sure. Anticlimactic is when nothing happens after it, but I think that's a very pivotal point. Yeah, so where... that, that would be climactic then. Yeah, yeah. so then um, look at us using fancy <laughs> terminology. Fancy lingo. <laughs> um, English literature. Mm-hmm. Creative um, writing in English, you know. So, yeah, so that would be a climactic point, and then obviously things don't turn out that great. Or they do. We don't know. We're not going to spoil the end. Go watch it, guys, and make up your minds. See if you agree with us or um, let us know your thoughts. So a bit about the kind of writer of the story, Eleanor Bergstein. Um, So Dirty Dancing is largely based on her own story. So she was the youngest daughter of a Jewish doctor from New York and they often went to the Catskills mountains where they um, vacation and they participate in literally dirty dancing competitions. Um, And she was also nicknamed Baby as a girl. Oh, wow. I feel like it's kind of like a mini biography of her experience. Yeah. I feel like it's like what she would want to have happened probably at the camp you never know like a fan like a kind some kind of fantasy that she's like trying to relive through the movie maybe exactly because you might i mean that probably happened but then again this is set in 1960 yeah 1960 which i which i find is like really interesting because it deals with oh, like no, a lot of 1983 no no no. it's set in 1960 oh but sorry it was Made in eighty. It was released in nineteen eighty three. Eighty three or oh, release date nineteen eighty seven. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's really weird. Um, I think maybe it was shot in nineteen eighty three because I read somewhere that they literally shot it in a month. Oh wow! Something crazy like that, like forty days or something. Um, which is insane. Um, but yeah. So the director is oh my god, I'm gonna get this name so wrong, but it's <laughs> is it um oh Emile Emile Ordelino? I have butchered that name, but if you guys know what the right pronunciation is, please let us know. But he um so. Along with Dirty Dancing, he also directed Sister Act 1. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Interesting, because you can kind of... I don't know if you can like see like similar habits in terms of direction. Oh. The only thing I was going to comment on was the, the musical element, that he must be someone with a musical background. Yeah, of... I think he did. So, yeah, that's another thing. Mm. Yeah, he... he um, he directed a lot of Broadway and like, mm. uh, yeah. So he was mainly heavily um, like worked on Broadway and then did Dirty Dancing and then Sister Act. Um, and it was filmed in, not in Catskills, New York. It was filmed in North Carolina and Virginia. Oh. In Lake Lure. Okay. Yeah. There we go. Um. So apparently they filmed it like in the dead of winter. Um, yeah, and it was like freezing cold. Almost all of the cast was hospital like hospitalized. 
because they got like either it was like pneumonia cases it was crazy oh my um, goodness yeah wow okay and they like painted the leaves um because they filmed it in autumn and i think if you if you go back to the lake scene like you can see it behind jennifer gray um so you can see it's like super dark green but then there's like really like autumn leaves as well um and also like when they're filming that bit in the water when they're like balancing oh yeah like you can see their lips are really like blue and stuff it's crazy oh my gosh and especially that scene i mean they had to be in that water must have been freezing wow i mean i think that was some good acting that was some really good acting because I'm sure that took a lot. Yeah. To go into water, like, in a normal temperature as well is horrible. Because you imagine in winter. Mm, Exactly. Exactly. They had to do the balancing thing, which is crazy. Over and over again. Yeah, over and over again. And, like, have to lift her in the water. That's another thing. I was like, wouldn't she be more heavier in water because of, like, water wouldn't, isn't, aren't you, like, heavier in water? Because you're clearly like Uh, yeah i would think so i i don't know how that makes sense but apparently it made sense in the movie patrick swayze is one strong mf sorry was um (laughs) r.i.p yeah may he rest in peace uh speaking of patrick swayze um so obviously he plays the lead the rebellious dark johnny castle um, fun fact, he is 10 years older than his character. So he, the character is supposed to be 24 years old, but he was 34 years old when they were filming this. Um, oh, wow. Just l- that posed a lot of interesting things on certain blog sites, which we will obviously then get into. Um, and Jennifer Grey, who was his uh, co-star in... Not sure if it was a movie or a TV series, but it was something called Red Dawn. Um, and she obviously plays Francis Baby Houseman. Um, another behind the scenes fact. They did not get along at all. Really? Yeah. Like, they did not get along. Oh my gosh, why? What happened? So apparently they were, I think, I think they just like had a horrible working relationship in in that red dawn series on movies and then um and then the director like obviously was auditioning for the the director was auditioning different actresses for the role and then they were like oh why don't we take um to take jennifer gray and stuff and then they were like oh you know they don't get along blah 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 but then patrick swayze persuaded her to like do the movie because he was like, it's a oh. really good script. Like, we should just put... Allegedly, this is... I wasn't there. I wasn't even born. Mm. Um, so, <laughs> allegedly, that he was like... They were they were supposed to, like, put aside their differences and, like, do the movie. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Mm. Which is... Which is interesting. so interesting. Because everyone says that, that that's what makes good chemistry between two people. Like, if they hate each other. Like, I've heard this far too many times. I don't know if this is true or not, but... I I think not, but <laughs> I don't know what everyone else means when they say that. But I mean, I wouldn't imagine 
Like, I can't, it's just like in the office, like two co workers. I feel like it just creates like an icy atmosphere. Not a lot of guys. I just had to make that clear because a lot not of people the office, like, the, as in the office, two characters are the comedy, about? not the office. I mean, as in yeah. real life, going to work, your job in the office. Um, yeah, I think it would create like an icy atmosphere and a lot of tension. So I feel like if anything, it might even sabotage how the movie turns out because you're. it's almost like you're trying to, I don't know, maybe... Um, I don't know. I just, I don't, yeah, I, don't, I just don't know if the chemistry would be right. I, but they made it work. They made it work. So they must have been able to put their differences aside. So, yeah, yeah, definitely. And like, so they, what they say is like, um, so that scene where he is, you know, where he's like teaching her how to dance and like he's tickling her and like, you know that scene? And you yeah. know when he's like pissed <laughs> off and apparently that was not even, that was like real. And they just kept on filming without telling him. And he actually, like, <sighs> really used to get pissed off with her during filming. And, th- like, vice versa also. Like, she used to get pissed off with him and blah, blah. But they just did it oh because the script God. was amazing. And they didn't want to... They didn't want to pass up on that um, opportunity. But that that oh is gosh. amazing. Don't know if I could do that. Like, you have to literally just be close quarters with someone you hate. Um, hate is a strong word. I do like, think after uh, after this movie they were they were good friends. I'm I'm hoping. <laughs> um but also there were different variations. So we could have seen Dirty Dancing made with different people. Do you want to take a guess on who that might be? Just like your nineties not nineties, sorry, eighties stars. Oh oh no. I, I don't know. Millie Ringwald? Mo- Millie Ringwald? <laughs> Molly Ringwald? I mean, close. I think it is. No, it's not her. I don't oh. know if it's close, actually. I'm just bullshitting. Um, SJP, Mrs. Sarah Jessica Parker, was also auditioned to play. <gasps> really? Yeah, That'd been cra- that would have been so crazy. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Oh, that's interesting. Um, so SJP and Paul, I, I don't know how you say his name, but it's Paul Feige or Feige, um, oh, I who know directed who Bridesmaids and A Simple Favor. I love oh. him. He's one of my favorites as well. Um, so he, I think he, her and Paul Feige were like on a, like a poster and everything and they shot the poster and everything. Um... Because I think when I was researching this, I saw the poster. And I was like, oh, oh yeah. that's crazy. <laughs> um, and then Billy Zane, who is the guy in Titanic, the guy that Rose is supposed to marry. Oh, yes. He's, yeah, yeah. So I he was supposed him. to be Johnny, Johnny Castle as well. Um, I think he would have made a good Johnny. I think he. Yeah, I feel like I he can it. do that bad boy. He he can do that bad boy role. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Um. Oh, okay. So the next. Um. So I'm just gonna go down the cast list. So it was Cynthia Rhodes as Penny Johnson. Like she's she was also like a famous. 
I don't know, actually, she is, she was, uh, a, f- a famous pop star. Um, uh, she was like a famous country singer, I think. And then Jerry Orbach, who is Jake Hausman, who's Baby's Daddy, and he was like uh, one of the most... Uh, imp- like And the rest of them. He was basically a legend in... in okay. um, uh, bat, like uh, Broadway and like musicals and like right. generally movies as well. Um, and then like when they when he passed away and stuff, I think Patrick Patrick Swayze like paid him a tribute. Um, oh, how sweet! I don't know. I don't. I don't know what they did actually. Um, but I think it was on the not on the premiere because I think he was still alive during that time. Um. Oh, he was he was also Lumiere in Beauty and the Beast original. So, oh, oh, that's yeah. Ah. Lumiere's um, the is the candle, isn't it? Yeah, the French the can- candle. Yeah, French candle. Uh, Lisa Hausman is played by who's obviously baby sister is Jane uh, Jane Brooker. Um, Jack Weston is Max Kellerman. And then obviously my favorite person in the entire world, Kelly Bishop as yeah. Marjorie Houseman, <laughs> but she only has like five lines, which is annoying. Um, Max Cantor as Robbie Gould. Um, I think I read something that like he passed away really young, like through like he OD'd or something when he was like thirty something. Um, is he the one that plays Johnny's cousin? He is the one that impregnates. Uh, oh and, right, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Charles okay. Coles as Tito Suarez, Neil Jones as Billy Kostecki, um, Miranda Garrison as Vivian Pressman, Gary Goodrow as Mo Pressman, and Wayne Knight as Stan, who we also know from the old Jurassic Parks. Yay! <laughs> oh gosh. I watched them so I long know, like ago. Ones, I literally don't remember them. Yeah. So long ago. Um, so that's actually all, I think. Oh, I've missed choreography, my favourite topic to talk about. Um, so uh, the choreographer on this film was Kenny Ortega, who we also know from his very famous work on High School Musical. <laughs> So we've all we've all been choreographed by Kenny some um, some time in our life, and I'd like to share a personal anecdote <laughs> about me and Belle. Oh gosh, yes, <laughs> was, I know, I, I know. It was 2019 in a Barcelona room uh, where I had a really long, really massive uh, Long Island iced tea. And poor Belle was just there, like, playing along. And it was, like, one o'clock, two o'clock. And what does Fee decide to do? She <laughs> she decides to play. We're all in this together. And starts yeah. dancing. And then also... Yeah, we literally danced to High School Musical. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe that's two years ago. But, yeah, we... This was a, like... What, what time was it? I think it must have been like 1 a.m. or 2 a.m. It was 1 o'clock. And yeah, and we were like uh, stomping around. We were with my sister and her friend. And we were stomping around in the yeah. room just like doing the high school musical dance. 
Um, we were with my sister and, and her friend and as we were doing the dance, we, we obviously didn't check our phones, but I checked my phones afterwards and my sister was like, what is going on? Are you guys hurt? Like, why is there like, like shouting and screaming? And I, we were just like, we were just singing <laughs> a high school musical. Um, so thank you, Kenny Ortega oh for high school musical. And he also, uh, directed a lot of episodes <laughs> on Gilmore Girls. But of course. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> and uh, he, which I didn't know up until now, but he was trained by mm. Gene Kelly. How awesome. Oh, really? Mm. Oh, wow. There we go. Yeah. Legendary. Singing mm. in the rain. I'm singing in the rain. Da-da, <laughs> <laughs> Again, that is one of my favorite movies now. Now that I like, yeah, we should probably. I've never seen Singing in the Rain. We have, didn't I? Didn't we see it together? No, oh, Mm -hmm. okay. Oh, well, that is all I had to report. All right, so what is next? Oh, I think the next thing is. Um, talking about our favorite parts in the, of the movie. So if you would like to go first, Belle. Yeah. So I think a lot of the scenes that I loved were the scenes where it was just both of them, um, Johnny and baby. And I, I loved it so much because I felt like there were really iconic lines in there. A lot of quotable lines. Like I feel like, you could come away and remember that line. The kind of like, don't put baby in the corner. Mm-hmm. Those kind of lines. Mm-hmm. So I, I I felt like the scenes where it was just the two of them and it was like an intimate, mom- intimate moment I really enjoyed. And there's one standout, um, one standout scene for me, which is, I think this is the part where um, Johnny's friend, Penny, um, has just been... Um, she's just had um, a really bad a really bad abortion and baby's dad has gone to basically help her out mm-hmm. and um, his, um, her dad's um, discovered he, he kind of senses that um, there's something going on between Johnny and baby mm-hmm. and he decides that baby shouldn't see him anymore and baby then goes to Johnny's room and she's you know she's apologizing to him and I really love that moment because it's so I think this is the moment I'm thinking of where they like, I feel like this is the first time that they both express themselves and like how they feel. Mm. And I just loved like the, I feel like there were just really nice lines in there Mm -hmm. that I, um, I enjoyed. Yeah. So that would definitely be my standout scene. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, (laughs) mine are scenes without Johnny and baby together. Cause I just, (laughs) I don't know. I mean, I mean, you will know from my rating afterwards, but didn't enjoy this film that much, to be fair. Like, I don't, I think it didn't live up to the hype for me. So I was a bit like, I don't, I don't see what people see in it. And like, people are always, always um, so quick to talk about the chemistry of the movie. However, I don't think I, I think if I had been younger, I would have definitely seen the appeal of Johnny. Um, just because he represents 
like represents that like bad boy um mm, definitely yeah. yeah like that like no like no good or whatever and and you're just like oh of course like everyone loves a bad boy however <laughs> like i feel like in if you've watched it if you've watched it the first time in your early 20s you're a bit like this man is a bit toxic and like why is he talking mm. to baby like this and why are we calling yeah. baby baby and not francis um yeah. but yeah so for me it was a bit like i i, I didn't re- really like them as a couple um i liked like baby's individual scenes i think um those were mm. really good and like uh, one of the one of the ones that stands out for me is if I've written it down. Um, oh, is her and like her dad when when in the end he's just like the camera kind of pans out and he's overlooking the lake, and she she comes to him and like she is basically. Um, you know, looking at this guy that she's looked up to her whole life, thinking that that is the only way to live and whatever. And she's just like, you've disappointed, like I've disappointed you, but you've disappointed me and you've let me down. And then also like when like Jerry Orbach cries, like when he's crying and when she's like pouring out her heart, like I love that. I think that's such a good like father, father daughter scene. And I've not seen one like that anywhere. In in te- in film and television, um, so I love I love that scene. I think that scene was just like so well in both parts. Even though Jerry Orbach didn't have any lines, he just like his face and his expression, his body language, his body languages, mm. language. Sorry, um, like you could like you could feel your heart breaking because of what was happening, and I love that scene honestly. Um, and I don't think I have... That one. is a beautiful scene, actually. Yeah. That is a beautiful scene. I don't yeah. think I have another one, like a another standout moment. Um, I think, like, I also really like the scenes between Penny and Baby. I think that was really interesting. Um, mm. I mean, we'll obviously talk about this yes. afterwards. But, yeah. like, Baby from the start, like, sees... Uh, not sees Penny as a threat, but obviously she knows that Penny is someone that's really close to Johnny. And um, so she's she's definitely aware of that. But like, um, just their kind of like scenes as um, like female sisterhood and like her not receiving that from her own sister. I think that's so like, um, like way, that's such a good way to zone into that and stuff. But, I'm babbling, but like I think that's one of the yeah no li- my- no literally literally what you just said I literally that's one like that's something that really stood out for me yeah. and it's actually one of the points that we will I be obviously up, talking um, about I'll be bringing up yeah later yeah so I think that was that was my favorite scene and I love a good ensemble dancing at the end even though it's like cheese <laughs> <laughs> it was like cheese factor five thousand. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I feel like it, it was back then it was like yeah. fine because yeah. I guess even in like when we were younger it was like high school musical then yeah because I mean when you think back you've got Greece I can't remember when Greece was made but mm-hmm. you've got Greece and very musical 
themed movies. Mm-hmm. I think Fame. I don't know if Fame um, when Fame was made, but I know it was a while back, yeah. probably around that time. I yeah. So I think yeah. Yeah. True that. Anyways, moving on okay. to Bell's section. So, I want so I'm um, so first of all I'll be looking at music and as I'm sure we will we we can all expect and um, the main theme that runs through the soundtrack is love, tenderness, a yearning for the other person. And of course, yearning, <laughs> I like that word. Thank you very much. <laughs> and um of course I feel um, like this is like the main thing that I have to discuss but the iconic song obviously between um mm. the iconic song that plays oh no we have no, to sing no, that no. out no we have to sing it out like oh, as gosh. we as we finish this episode I feel like it's just not doing justice to the episode we'll see. You don't I'll think out. about it <laughs> <laughs> but um uh, back to what I was saying um I think of course we have to um look at the iconic song that was um, the, obviously the song that Johnny and Baby danced to in the final scene and um, that was actually a duet by Bill Medley and Jennifer Warnes I want to say I um, forgive me if I've butchered her surname mm. but um, yeah and they're the ones that sing I've had I've had the time of my life which I'm sure a lot of people listening know um, and it was actually an original song composed for the movie and I think even now, yeah, yeah, I didn't even know yeah. that. But um, I think even now, it still feels like quite a timeless song. And it's not gone out of style at all, because mm-hmm. you've still got people performing to it at their weddings. And like even in like dance shows, like Strictly Come Dancing, people still perform to that song. And yeah, like literally crazy, it blew yeah. up. And um, it was even performed on Glee. Yeah. So... Yeah, so... Oh, yeah, yeah I think so. Yeah, so I think sure. it's really, it like, gone through the years mm. and not lost... It's still not lost its touch. Yeah. And mm. um, the same person actually composed one of the other songs, Hungry Eyes, which I'm sure people have heard. Yeah, the oh, same person yes. composed that song. And it was actually an original as well, Hungry Eyes. It was an original for the song, which mm-hmm. I didn't know as well. So this was a very... Um, uh, it was a learning experience for me, but a quick story time for um, for the listeners. So the actors were actually supposed to dance to a Lionel Richie song, but then um, the producer decided to go a different way, and he um, asked um, this mm-hmm. um, this musician who um, was kind of looking for work and um, having a bit of an issue, and he um, he approached him. And said, oh, we're making like a low budget film. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you want to write the soundtrack? And the guy decided he'd um, do it. And it was actually supposed to be performed by Donna Summer and Joe Joe Esposito, I believe his name is. And literally Donna Summer. Yeah. Yeah. And Donna Summer was literally so big. She, She sung like songs like Hot Stuff, I think. Na, 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 yeah. na, 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 I think that's it. Um, but um, yeah, and <laughs> you're asking the wrong <laughs> Never person. Mind. I will move on. <laughs> but um, 
um, the man that was actually supposed to sing in the original Joe Esposito, um, he actually did a lot of work on other movies. Um, so he like he did a lot of work for the Karate Kid, obviously the original Karate Kid movie, um, Flash Dance, Staying Alive with. No, the Jaden no. Smith and um, no Jackie Chan, the one. original people. <laughs> no, not the Justin Bieber one um, where he. Oh, what's that song? Yeah, never that say is the never. Song. And then there's the rapping. Yeah, we're not gonna go too much into it. <laughs> but um, I was raised by the power <laughs> of will. Oh no! Oh no! How do I remember oh, this? Wow. What kind okay. of memory do I have? Can't remember my own phone number, but remembers a movie that came out in like 2011. Selective memory. Something, I think. Taraji P. Henson yeah, she plays was in that mom. movie, wasn't she? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Back but um, no, just my point was that Joe Esposito worked on a lot of um, a lot of like musically themed movies back in the 80s. So he was actually um, he did some work for Coming to America as well, which um, I found. Oh, that is coming coming to America 2 is coming out soon, I believe. Yeah. And yeah, so um What was that famous like Oh, go ahead. What was that famous like um catchphrase that like he used to say in Coming um, to America? Oh, I don't remember. I, I don't remember. I'm not even going to mm, yeah, do no, the accent cuz yeah. People are gonna berate me. I'm gonna get cancelled. <laughs> but anyways, let's, let's but, move um, on. The, and then the movie went on to win. Um, it actually won like really big awards. So it won the Academy Award. It won a Grammy, and it won the Globen Globen. It won the Golden Globe Award. Yeah. Oh wow. And I don't know if anyone remembers this, but it was sampled by the Black Eyed Peas. I don't know if you remember that. Yes. Yes. Which is. Yes. Literally every time I listen to this song, I'm just like, like, I, I won't sing it how obviously mm. it's sung in the movie, but um, even when I think, you know, when we were discussing to do this episode, I was like, I just kept on singing this song and yeah. I was like, I'm, and how it goes, having the time of my life and you, I owe it all to you, 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 you. Yeah, I think that came out. When, when was it? 2010. <laughs> oh, you gotta love the Black Eyed Peas. You gotta love Will I Am and Fergie. Um, <laughs> Do you know the other? That's really, Do you know any of the other? I know. <laughs> I don't. Okay. Sorry I don't. if you're Sorry. listening to this. But they're so rich. I they don't need me to. They don't even need me to remember the name. They're like. Fuck you, bitch. You don't need to know, Annie. Okay, so. Okay, yeah, so that was all on um, music. Very interesting. Um... That's amazing. Like, I wonder what other movie, I mean, obviously a lot of them, but like, so you're, okay, so you won Best Score for Academy, Golden Globe, and then which one? Which other one? Yeah, I like. I wonder what other yeah. like movie would have won those three, like because I the only thing that I'm yeah. thinking of right now is is a, a Star Is Born, that has won that many awards. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, I love the stuff. I'm sure I think, like, obviously, we're being very, like, obviously, we haven't done research on it, but I'm sure, like, other movies have Mm. won, like, the trifecta. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And um, apparently, the reason Donna Summer um, turned it down was because she didn't like the title of the movie, Dirty Dancing. Who cares? Like, yeah, I think she just decided. Royalties. Who cares? The royalties you get. But the thing is, I guess she f- it was it was a low budget movie, so I guess she might have felt, you know, is it really, you know, do is yeah, this really worth that. it? Yeah, so she might not have really seen the potential that it had back then. That's crazy. Yeah, and Imagine, Patrick. Like, but um, oh sorry. So um, the the song was actually performed by the guy that wrote it and someone else originally and that's what baby and johnny danced to in the movie because the Mm -hmm. song that we know now as bill and oh gosh i forgot the lady's name (laughs) not louise jennifer (laughs) you have like l names in your your head oh my gosh but um the song that we now know as I've had the time of my life sung by Bill Medley and Jennifer Warnes. That wasn't mm-hmm. actually what Patrick Swayze and um, Jennifer Grey danced to in Dirty okay. Dancing. They danced to the original song, which is like performed by the songwriter and someone else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Patrick Swayze. And then obviously when um, the song that we now know by Bill and Jennifer, um, when that was ready, they then decided to integrate that into the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the movie that song wasn't ready, but um, when the movie came out, so they just decided oh. to like, yeah, in like put it in there after the movie was done. But yeah, so I found That's that interesting. interesting. Yeah, mm-hmm. and um, Patrick Swayze actually preferred the version that they danced to on set. He I didn't actually prefer the yeah. one that he didn't actually prefer the one that we know now. He preferred the yeah. one that was originally originally done. So yeah, I thought, I'm guessing it's because yeah. you like they rehearse it, they mm. rehearse to it, and they've known like, and obviously as a dancer you need to know like the beat, you need to know uh, like the count and, and everything. I think that's why I think, uh, yeah, and I think over the like uh, like over the period of time that they've shot it as well, like they just kind of get used to it. So it seems mm. like yeah. unoriginal to have like a weird, a different song on on top of their dancing scene. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. though that's that's insane. So my next point is um, just diving into the script and um, the script, if um, I found that I tackled quite Mm -hmm. a few things. So like obviously social class, um, I felt like there was also a divide between like the older and the younger generation. Mm -hmm. That's a massive one. Yeah. And also, yeah. And also um, the dynamics between like the women in the movie which I found um, quite... Um, I think I felt like it was quite a unique setup mm-hmm. because Baby isn't very close to the women in her family, i.e. her mum and her sister, but um, finds friendship um, in mm-hmm. Penny. And they, like you said before, Fee, they form that like bond, that sisterhood. Yeah, so I, found that, I, yeah. I thought that was quite a unique, yeah. um, a unique take on it. But... Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, overall, I felt like 
mm-hmm. it was a very easy flowing script. It, um, it was very straight to the straight to the point. There weren't any complex ideas, which I actually, on the contrary, would have preferred because I like a movie that isn't um, doesn't directly tell mm-hmm. you what's happening. I feel like it's always more interesting when you have to do a bit of guesswork and. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like you, it also keeps the um, the yeah. person watching engaged because they're constantly trying to figure out like how things are going to play out. But I felt like yeah, this was very direct. Yeah, and I don't, I didn't really like that. But anyway, I guess that's um, like there wasn't mm. that much guesswork to do, and I also think it's because obviously the time that it was released, like. 80s movies are genuinely like that like whether it is like 16 candles or you have i mean mm. correct me if i'm wrong but the breakfast club and it is like just just the script is just hashing out like like really simple and like not wasting times whereas movies now it's so intense and you're in there for like three or four like three hours almost now movies. yeah um yeah. just to yeah. figure out what the plot is but i think there's also like something so charming about the simplicity of it and it and i think it relates to the whole the whole core of oh like these are two people that don't know what love is or claim to not know what love is and and just kind of fall into it and it's it's yeah it does have like it does have discussions about class it has discussions about like offers like abortion and and all of those like like uh female relationships and 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 relationships with men and blah blah but like at the end of the day it's supposed to be a simple love story i think and it's um yeah and 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 i think i just think overcomplicating it like overcomplicating i think just there's no resolution or there's no there's no point to it i think um because with even like and and yeah and there is there is a disadvantage I'm blabbering on but there is a disadvantage to simplicity because there are certain things that like aren't fixed in the script at all so Johnny is like okay I've said this before but Johnny is toxic but he also has like major daddy issues like like when he when they when they after they've had sex or whatever they um I don't know if this is after they've had like sex for the first time but he he talks about how he had a dream or like um yeah he talks about how he had a dream and he wished that like uh oh, what's his name her dad he said her dad yeah um her dad would like put his uh arm around him to like Johnny. embrace him yeah exactly and like and also the that scene where we actually look at him watching um watching baby's dad embrace i think is it robbie mm-hmm. I, i'm not mm-hmm. yeah robbie yeah um and he's just like like you just you just know he's kind of like why can't i have that mm-hmm. so you know that there's issues but that never gets re- resolved and yeah that never gets resolved because even in the end spoiler alert when he does that whole famous iconic dialogue um he takes he takes uh baby dancing they dance ensemble dance and then that's it and then they and then the baby's dad and johnny have a conversation 
but there's nothing that's resolved and he's like and I've actually wrote this down in my movie notes <laughs> and um it's after love and ensemble dance was waiting for Johnny's hug <laughs> because there's, there's nothing kind of, there's no kind of closure they're just like all right all right and like just that kind of you know that kind of yeah there's there's no kind of closure for him there's no kind of resolution for him there is always that kind of class struggle where um where the dad will always feel like he's not good enough because he doesn't have the same he didn't have the same upbringing as baby and blah 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 but um Oh my God, I just, I don't know what's been happening to me. I just keep going off. No, 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 um, fine. But don't. yeah, like, anyways, I'm just going to end it as, there's like no sense of resolution with, uh, with those issues that like, that, that are clearly brought up, but were like, it's just kind of like a thing kind of left in the air. Um, yeah. Thoughts. I mean, I think, I, I feel like by him kind of giving him their blessing, he's that's mm-hmm. as good as it gets. And I feel like they, even though they don't like dive into them resolving their issue, um, Johnny and and Baby's dad resolving their issues, there's um, I feel like he um, her dad he sees sees Johnny in a new light because. He has pre preconceived notions about him, and he finds out the truth about um um what's ha- what's happened in an earlier scenario, and um, realizes that he ju- he judged mm-hmm. Johnny too quickly. So I think by by the fact that he gives his consent and gives his blessing to their relationship, I I I believe that that. That was all that was needed. That's interesting that you yeah. say that, like, that you view it as a consent, whereas my thing was kind of like he's just putting up with it. He's kind of like at the end when when Johnny's not asking him. Obviously, that's also wrong, but he's kind of telling him that I'm gonna be with baby mm-hmm. no matter what. He's not taking it as okay. You like here, like like my blessings. Take my blessings. He's kind of like well, okay, there's nothing I can do for it. Because of that that previous scene of of mm-hmm. um, baby going to him and telling him that he's let her down and blah, blah. And he's, un- he's doing that because obviously he doesn't, he doesn't want her, doesn't want to let her down. But it's also not, I don't, like for me, I mm. don't see it as an acceptance. I see it more of just uh, tolerance, if that makes sense. Yeah. He's like, resolved. like he's tolerating it. He's not accepting it. Yeah, I... Yeah. I mean, okay. Oh. I mean, I see. Yeah, I, I see. I see what you're saying. I definitely see your point. Yeah, but I think mm-hmm. I don't think it's such a a big. I mean, I think more than anything. Um. Back um back to the point that I was making about the. Um, the coming together of Johnny and um, Baby's dad. I think it's it's not so much about their relationship, but I think it's more of a commentary on Baby bridging the gap between lower class and middle class, or sorry, lower class and upper class. Mm-hmm. So I feel like 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's bigger than their relationship. And we almost see the merging of two social classes coming together. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like, it's it's kind of like, we're not accepting you. We don't accept this path that you're going down. Mm. But we've been wrong about the other options that, like, you know, we've presented to you. So this is just, this is like, okay, we accept him because of that. But I do think, I also do think he's got like major, major daddy issues. I, I, cause he's just, I think he ate that like approval of, of, um, character from other male characters. I think that's really interesting. Like with his, mm. um, to look into his character and stuff. Um, and also the thing about where he like sleeps with all these women, but doesn't feel content. And you wonder whether that's like, just a sexual thing or it's based on gender? Um, I think it's more that because I believe in the scene where he tells Baby that, you know, like these rich rich women approach him and he just kind of goes with the flow. I, I think in in that moment, he, he then says, Baby says, oh, so you're using them, as in mm-hmm. referring to Johnny using the mm-hmm. rich, um, the really wealthy women that approach him. And he actually says, no, it's the opposite. They're using him. So I I think in that sense, he's more of a, he's the vulnerable one in that position. I don't think it's the wealthy mm-hmm. women. I feel like he's almost like a toy boy to them. And he's being yeah. used for like their pleasure basically so yeah. yeah and they can do that because they are this social class above right him. right right yeah exactly but yeah. yeah wow we answered one of the questions <laughs> without knowing um okay yeah but um overall i thought it was a like a decently like a nicely written movie it was just like really sweet i felt like i followed the conventions of the typical romance, which is almost like star-crossed lovers. Obviously, there's different social groups. So um, there's that theme of star-crossed lovers. Um, and also, um, you've got two young people in love, another like big convention in romantic movies. You've got um, that element of forbidden love, um, the idea that there's something that threatens their happy ever after. And they obviously have all these obstacles um, um, as they try to develop their relationship. So I think in general, it kind of fulfills the criteria of a romance movie. But overall, I just, yeah, I thought it was, you know, okay. And the next thing I wanted to bring up was the critical response to the movie. And without actually looking into it, I had just assumed that because it was such a classic and you hear people quote it, quote the lines in shows and movies all the time. I I expected that it probably got a lot of rave reviews when it first came out, but that wasn't actually the case. Um, it actually got a lot of mixed reviews, which I was surprised by. And um, I think this kind of echo does. Yeah, this basically echoes my earlier point that it was quite a straightforward um, plot um, story. Um, there was actually a critic at that time who said 
he basically didn't really um, like it. He thought it was very unoriginal and very predictable. And he thought that a lot of the characters were very one-dimensional. Yeah, I yeah, agree with that. Which I, I agree, so. yeah, definitely. Yeah. And then, I mean, you had other critics, you know, that said it was a very feel-good movie. And, um, and so, I mean, other people said decent things, like it had a very good moral to the story, which I agree with as well. I think the message of the movie did get across. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think they did a good job with that. Yeah, I do agree with that. I think most of the characters are like one di- one dimensional because we see them like for probably like a few minutes, but then it just goes back to Baby and Johnny, um, which is which is fine because obviously it's fulfilling the movie's like fulfilling its destiny to be like the summer, like you know the summer rom com, um, and it is supposed to be like obviously like a form of escapism so you can't you can't put too much heavy content in it or or stuff like that but yeah i think it is and also i think watching it because i haven't watched this movie before and watching it now especially you're you have this kind of built up expectation of it um and then obviously like you it's it's like shattered by the predictability because you're just like okay I obviously know what's gonna happen in the end, like uh, I know like oh, they're gonna get together they're gonna get together but yeah they, like it was very like again how I mentioned it before like some of the things just don't have resolutions and they just kind of leave it all up in the air and it's kind of like just laced by the fact that Johnny and Baby get together like there's no follow up on what's happening with Penny. Um, like I would have loved to know what hap- what's gonna happen with Penny, um, Lisa as well. Like Lisa's like the funny character. Like we should have known what's gonna happen with Lisa. It's, like maybe she's met someone else. I agree. Um, I agree. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of it yeah. is left. You know, it's almost left to your imagination to like fill in the gaps. And I think they they could have done more. Yeah, to, which is good. Yeah, like I think they could have told us a bit more about the other characters yeah yeah but i think this also like reinforces that like uh you can have a good rom-com movie but if you don't have good side characters along with like main characters don't matter as much like all the time like of course they they are like lead characters whatever but like if you don't have strong enough and you don't have like multi-dimensional side characters like the story kind of just fluctuates and is like i don't know it's, it's just very kind flat of very flat exactly yeah mm-hmm. all right did you have any more additions no that will be all that will be all so um oh do you have any questions about the movie like that you would just like to discuss or oh questions or just like just like observations that you have i think one thing that really stood out to me was i i mentioned this very briefly um a few minutes ago but the divide between the older generation and the younger generation in the movie which um just kind of really jumped out at me 
um, because you see you see baby's dad and you see her mum and they're very um, traditional, conventional people. And you see, you then see um, the younger generation who are all almost, I, f- I feel like almost fulfilling their, um, their, the genuine, their genuine passions rather than pursuing like college or wanting to go to, um, wanting to aspire for like greater things. But so I feel like there's that, I don't know if I'm making sense, but I yeah. feel like there's definitely yeah, a divide between like the older people and not really understanding what the younger people mm-hmm. want and then yeah. vice versa, the yeah, definitely. I think. younger people. Yeah. And also like, which is, which I've never seen before, but like in a movie like this, like adults are more reckless than children which is really interesting. Um, Because, like, Mm. the mum, Kelly Bishop, my queen, is not concerned at all, like, with her teenage daughter, who's who's also not of legal age. We need to, you know, talk about that also. Um, But they're just kind of like, yeah, just, like, do whatever you want. Kind of. And also, like, the older ladies Mm. are having a fair affairs and like um the men yeah. kind of gambling like all their money away and stuff like that like it's so interesting that like they just basically come to this to this um vacation point just to be reckless and like what he says in the beginning he's like three weeks will yeah. feel like a year that's so interesting and i'm like yeah that's because obviously they're literally mm. just gonna do what they want mm. and they're gonna get tired of it and then they have to go back to their normal lives yeah crazy yeah that's true yeah i definitely agree with the point that the older people a a lot of the older people and then you um you've got the couple that still you've got the couple that still the purses the older couple so yeah it kind of feels like the older people are more irresponsible compared to the young younger people which is um obviously not what we see every day yeah so. which is not conventional yeah. basically like that's not what yeah. you would expect of a movie that's set in 1960s like it's crazy um okay um so one of the questions that we will pose for like every movie that we're discussing um we've talked about how female relationships are portrayed on screen um do we want to add one to that or Oh, um, so obviously the pivotal one is Penny and Baby, and then the lack of relationship between Baby and her sister, mm. um, and her mother. Um, mm. Yeah. So I did. Um, I did actually kind of categorize the different female relationships. So the first one was um with baby and her sister lisa mm-hmm. and that that's obviously sibling rivalry yeah. rivalry and it's based around it's basically centered around um them fighting for their father's approval yeah and um in this scenario you've got two sisters that are polar opposites so you've got um the one side where lisa's character is very you know we see lisa's character um on a very surface level She's yeah. more concerned with vanity, beauty, fashion, and mainly mainly focuses on her appearance. Mm-hmm. Whereas you've got Baby, who seems to have a lot more depth to her. 
So she's um, clearly a smart young woman, ambitious. Um, She has aspirations. She wants to go to college and um, study so that she basically wants to change the world. Mm -hmm. Um, And at the beginning, we obviously see that baby has her father's attention. And um, they're very close. And we see that uh, Lisa is jealous of that. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, somewhere in the middle, we see we see that kind of reverse where Lisa um, thinks that her dad's disapproval of baby means that she can now step in and now be his quote unquote favorite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I think the next thing I, I noted was um, baby and Penny's relationship. Yeah. And obviously that's based around social class. Yeah. And you see that um, the merging of two social classes where they both accept each other and, and put aside their, um, you know, I certain ideas that they had about each other beforehand. Yeah. And just kind of see them for the human beings that they are rather than what they're worth or how much money they have. Yeah. And then the next thing was about Baby and her mother, which is, I'd say, like a generic relationship where you see... Um, that kind of conflict and ten- tension mm-hmm. between mother and daughter where it's interesting that the, um, her mum has very few lines. I, I mean, I feel like it was less than 10 lines throughout the yeah. entire movie. And she's such a cool And which is like almost two hours long. Yeah. <laughs> I honestly don't understand. Uh, which, which is almost like two hours long. And her mum has like, oh, I feel like almost less than 10 lines. Yeah. But a lot of the lines are targeted at criticizing baby. Yeah. Which which was interesting. Or or basically saying like, fix this. Or almost commenting on something that baby's supposedly doing wrong. Yeah. So, yeah, I found that interesting that in the entire movie, it's... Out of all the female relationships, the most we get out of like sisterhood is mm-hmm. um, between Baby and Penny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, I actually want to add something to the whole Penny and um, Baby dynamic. Um, mm. I would say that like, which is really weird, but um, okay. not weird, but it's really obviously unconventional. But I think why there's such a kind of strong relationship um, is because I, I feel like Baby feels safe with Penny, whereas she doesn't feel safe with her own mother and, and sister because she's always kind of trained to be... Not trained, but, like, in that mindset of, um, you know, being competitive with your sister and and in terms of vanity, in terms of looks, whatever... But also her mother telling her stuff like, um, you know, don't crash, like, you know, yeah. don't, like speak up kind of thing, like stuff like that. But when mm. she's introduced to Penny, um, I think the first time, like, even, and, and Penny's kind of pissed off or whatever, but like they have such a comfortable conversation and, and she feels like truly safe. I think yeah. that's why yeah. they, they yeah. have such a good, like, rapport, like... And I do think that safe, that safeness might also come from the fact that Penny doesn't belong in the same social class. And so there's that kind of, um, like, the, yeah. like the ability to share yeah. like secrets with her and, and knowing that it won't go out. Because obviously, 
whatever. Um, but yeah, I think I think more than anything, I mm. think that's what I seen in their relationship. Like, and vice versa. Also, like Penny get like feels safe with her after she receives the money for the abortion, and 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 you know when Penny's like, oh, I'm scared. I'm I'm scared to go through yeah. this baby like being like a 17 year old like girl um mm. who, who you know probably doesn't have that much like knowledge of 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 this procedure or whatever is like she's still comforting and mm. and mm. and they yes. just they yes, find yes, a sisterhood amongst themselves and i think that's really interesting and i i wonder like how that like how that derive like where that derives from and why that takes place um, but yeah, I think with their with their dynamic, I'm definitely it's it is more mm. about safety than survival, um, which is I think what she what she's taught. Mm. Um, yeah, being a character in yeah, uh, not character. Sorry, being a be a member of society in 1960s, like especially that kind of New York like society, like where you're just like literally groomed to marry a lawyer, or a doctor. Um, and whatever but yeah it's weird because they it seems like because they're the same they won't understand her and whereas with Penny it's I feel like it's their differences that create that bond between them and I want to elaborate on it a bit more I just think with her mom and her sister I I feel like it's almost like Mm you need someone objective on your side to kind of get through what you're understand what you're going through. And that objective person is Penny who kind of lets her in. Whereas I guess with her mom and her sister, it's like, we're from the same place where we know the same people. We do the same things. Yeah. You can't, you can't see me from an objective point of view. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if that makes sense. And I guess that's the thing that, that pushes her away, pushes her away because she's like, oh, you know, I need someone to. I think that difference just helps her between her and Penny. Yeah. 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 No, definitely. I think, again, it just ties in with mm-hmm. the fact that she's like comfortable and she's mm-hmm. safe. She feels safe with Penny, whereas with her sister and her mom, there's like, there's just this overall yeah. need of. Needing to be the best and needing to overachieve and all of that. Yeah. Um, So the next question is, is this a healthy romantic relationship? This is an unhealthy romantic relationship. It is a very unhealthy Um, relationship. Yeah. I mean, what what, would you want to say on that? First of all, (laughs) let's start with the age. (laughs) 24... Versus seventeen year old. I mean, I'm I'm mm-hmm. guessing in the nineteen sixties, like, well, even nowadays, like you know, whatever. Um, but is the age of consent like sixteen in America? The thing is, I don't. I I'm not too sure what it is now, but back then, I don't. I wonder what it would have been. Maybe it is sixteen. Back in the sixties, maybe it is sixteen or like, but mm. still. Um, it is slightly it's like creepy. a seven-year age gap, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is slightly creepy. So, i I would say I would say it's definitely unhealthy because it's also like her first 
mm, relationship relationship and like she's um it is that like stereotype like that bad boy stereotype that everyone goes mm-hmm. for and i think that's like like as yeah. as like 20 year olds we're like what the hell is going on because we we just don't we don't make up you know we just don't tolerate that anymore i guess because you're just like you know mm. better um mm. so coming from that angle i'm like yeah of course he's like he's like experienced and whatever but like the minute he like got on screen like just uh just like the vibe it's just like it just feels like such a toxic vibe and like just the way he was speak like he speaks to her and i guess obviously like that must have been normal like not whatever time era or whatever um i i don't know i think yeah i i just don't think it's it's unhealthy i think she doesn't know her options in the world and it's kind of this kind of person is um forced onto her i think do you think the idea of this person i think is forced onto her i think oh wait see i want to hear more about that what what do you mean when you say that Okay, so she has an option. So she has an option to go mm. with that smart dude. And obviously he's annoying, so she's not going to do that. Yeah. And then he sees this this person that is, like, different from the rest. Um, mm-hmm. He is, like, rebellious. And he's, like, the literal stereotypical bad boy kind of image. Mm. And I think she's just kind of lured in that, I guess. Like, like as a 17-year-old. I think it's so easy to be, um, to go for that trope. And I'm thinking, I'm literally right, thinking yeah. this as okay. a 17 year Like if, I know when I was seven, like you always, you always go for like someone that has a bit of an end edge. And then obviously <laughs> you realize that's like not healthy. And that, mm-hmm. that person is just being a dick. But like for her, I think it, it's kind of like, and again, this goes with the whole like class issue and stuff. It's just like that whole possibility of going into a different world. Um, mm. The I and I, that's why I, that's why I'm very clear when I'm saying it's the idea of him that like fascinates her. Right. Whereas okay. I don't think this is this could this is a relationship that could like like I don't think they would get married just because I think she, as a person she's obviously gonna grow. And she's not going to take bullshit from this man. Um, and he does have, like, he does have, like, really weird manipulative, like, features. Like, she, even if she, oh. when she makes her, when even when she makes her points, she, he'll always be like, oh, well, you don't know. Like, he'll always undermine her and he'll, he'll um, always override his experience with hers. And okay, like, that's that's okay to do to a certain extent, but you can't go, you can't keep on doing that your whole life. And I, she's not going to get away with that doing that his whole life. I think, I think it's literally like a fling, like a, a, a summer fling. And that's where it would mm. stay. I don't think they would progress into a healthy relationship because it's not, it's, she's again, she's just following the idea of him. And um, yeah, she's just following in, into this like fa- fantasy of him, I think. Yeah, I mean, the summer fling thing, definitely, that's, um, I also wanted to touch on that. I felt like just the fact that the, like, a, this kind of like a summer retreat camp, it's, um, that basically says it all. It's a, it's, it's just a, a period of escapism for her. 
and then she basically leaves and goes home. So and I feel like that already says that it's basically a fleeting relationship that it's like, a, you know, during the summer, it's like her summer love or her, you know, summer fling, whatever you want to call it. And then it's just something that's passing. And um, I thought it was quite an impulsive yeah. relationship as well. They just like jumped into a relationship, barely know it's each other. Don't. Yeah. Um. I mean, I I was going to say about the the way that they communicate, but I felt like they communicated fairly well once they got past the um, social class issues. I think they both showed a lot of vulnerability. Um, and I felt like he almost mm-hmm. wanted to be like her because um, there was a scene where he said, oh, you're, he told baby, you're not afraid of anything. And, you know, it's almost like he wishes he could work up the courage to be like half as courageous as she is. So, um, mm-hmm. I mean, overall, it's an unhealthy relationship. But um, yeah, I do think that they unhealthy it's just an unhealthy relationship and i mean i I don't know whether i don't want to say he takes advantage of her like her youth you know her youthfulness or he kind of does but how because i feel like there's a you could make a point about that but what exactly would you say i i don't know he doesn't force her into anything or doesn't like doesn't make her do anything that she wants she doesn't want to do but it's, I think it's also like, so when you're being manipulated by a person, you don't know that you're being manipulated. And when I say that, I mean like, so, um, okay, so let's talk about, so that first scene where she first sees him and stuff, everyone around her is horny and she is horny as mm-hmm. well. So I, I honestly think that is just a sexual like like she's only sexually like attracted to him and then she talks to him and then he's basically like yeah he basically like hates her because she's rich that's literally the only thing that he he says um and then when she like offers to help to like to be his dance partner he like is giving her such a difficult time and I'm just like, she's she's doing you a favor. She's First of all, mm. yeah, let's talk about that. How many favors has she done them? She's given Penny the money. Um, She's like filling in for Penny. This True. poor 17-year-old is trying to like learn how to dance in like a week and a half. And he's like, he's just giving her such a hard time. Um, But also like when they have those fights about like her not being experienced enough and like her... Like, she doesn't know what the real world is. Like, he's had to work. And, of course, yeah, that's, like, that's... She is spoiled. That's a given. Um, But he constantly, like, undermines her. And that's where that manipulative, like, trait comes in. She she always... She, she just backs down because she's, like... Okay, yeah, because he's older than me. So, obviously, he knows, he knows more than me. So, obviously, I'm going to, like, listen to him. And I'm going to... I'm going to do whatever he says because he's older than me and he's seen the world and blah, 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 blah. And like, even when everyone calls a baby, like, I just don't understand. Like, that's so fucked up to do. Like, her name is Francis. Call her Francis. Do not no, call but her baby. I think that's the point of the movie. And I liked when he made, he made the point of asking her, what's your real name? 
Yeah, like that and was cute. Yeah. She says and she says Francis and then I feel like that's that's like a pivotal point for her because we see her more as an adult now, a grown, you know, she's she's actually a grown adult rather than yeah. a child who was being called baby. So I feel like that's mm-hmm. definitely um that comes across really well that she's no longer a, you know, quote unquote baby. And yeah. she's now Francis. And by um in the final scene, when he actually introduces her, he says, um, welcome me and um, Francis Hausman to the stage, rather than oh, okay. ba- like okay. welcome me and baby. So I feel like he um, he recognizes that she's, you know, once he gets past the social class thing, he recognizes that she's just human like him, like she's a normal girl. Yeah. But like, and I was reading this article before, obviously, like prepping for this episode and stuff, Um, like this article that basically was like talking about the dirty dancing and like um, 30 years of perspective or whatever. And he, okay, so he leaves her and then he comes back and this like this iconic dialogue, like that I always thought that the woman said it, like nobody puts baby in the court. Like he he just takes all the kind of empowerment from that dialogue and he's he's also like i don't know it's it's a really weird thing of like like for me it came across as like nobody puts my girl in the corner kind of thing do you know what i mean Mm. and it's like hang on a minute she's not your like little pet and that's the thing they like they infantilize her and then they like they treat her like this little like baby Mm -hmm. like she's she's everyone's property but she's not her own person and that's what pisses me off that's why i'm like she's not this is not a healthy relationship and this could not be a healthy relationship just because she again like what we said before is like it's the summer fling she's she's acting on temporary emotions and this person again it's the idea of him that she is buying into it's the idea of like everyone has gone through this every girl has gone through this in their life I'm sure is like when you know someone's bad for you but you go you you are in a relationship with them and you because you want to try and change them because every girl thinks that they can change a bad boy I do not believe in that and it's exactly because you don't you can't and they're they're always going to be dickheads and you can't change them and exactly that's the thing and I think that that idea of it like to a 17 year old is like that's what we have to like, always like think about is like she's buddy she's 17 in that movie so obviously like with that in mind you're like of course that's gonna appeal to him because she doesn't know any better like and and of course she has this naive outlook on life that she just wants to help everyone baby you're not gonna help everyone you are certainly not gonna help johnny <laughs> <laughs> it's just not possible he's just not he just does not want to be helped um um, I kind of disagree with that because I think he definitely change, um, changes. We don't, by the end, he's not the same Johnny that we see in the beginning because you've got the end where um, one of the older women um, approaches him and wants to give her room key to him and he actually rejects her advances. So I do feel like we see some growth from him. Yeah, for sure. But I think again, mm-hmm. it's like, I mean, that's what we're we're what we're discussing. I guess is mm-hmm. like whether this relationship would could be withstanding and would be, um, 
you know, would be worthwhile and would be in it for the long run. And I just don't think it would because she's no. she's so young and yeah, like even it's like a couple of years, but that, that makes such a difference. Yeah, I don't think it's a healthy relationship. And another thing that I noted was he just before the final scene where they, you know, he comes back and they do the dance. In the, a few scenes before that, he he's fired from the he's fired from the place that he works, which is as a dance instructor. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. when he's fired, they just agree to part ways. And I think the fact that there was no kind of let's fight against this and let's make this work somehow, it just shows that it really was a, just a, a fleet and summer romance because it's like well, there's a point where three weeks comes up and she's got to leave. And mm-hmm. that's basically the end of the relationship. So it's, if their relationship has no future, then, mm-hmm. and you have no vision for the relationship, then what's the point? Exactly. Yeah. And on that note, I think we are going to wrap up the episode. Um, with a, a rating scale out of 10 um, for this movie. Um, so, Belle, do you want to go first in terms of rating the movie? Sure. So, I would give this movie... I'd say a four. I, I thought... Hmm. In my humble opinion, I thought it was... Ver- I thought it was just an average love story very you know you could see what was coming yeah. you could see how it would end yeah. and yeah I just thought it was I mean a nice movie like I feel like it's one of those movies that you can just it's just like ah oh. mm-hmm. but I, yeah I mean I think it's mainly memorable because of the final and um, the dance and like the soundtrack but apart from that I don't see m- the like, I don't see how it's such an amazing classic. I mean, maybe back in the 80s when it it was um, it actually came to screens, it was mm-hmm. like a classic. But I, I personally don't see why it's such... It's like so raved about. Yeah. Yeah. What's your take? I mean, hmm. I would give it a point lower. I'm going to give it a 3 out of 10. And I'll tell you each point what I'll give it for. (laughs) I'll give one point for Kelly Bishop. Oh, gosh. Of course. Icon. I'll give the second point for the Jerry Allback scene with Baby, the father-daughter scene. I think it's one of the best father-daughter scenes I've ever seen. Um, And the last point, I'll give it for the songs. And the ensemble dance, mm. because it is... Actually, no, I'll give it for the choreography as well, because the choreography, we, d- we, have, we didn't talk about it that much, but mm. it was blooming amazing. Like, the stamina needed, and, like, it must have been crazy to, to go through that training. But, yeah, I think music and um, choreography were amazing in the movie, and I always love a little ensemble dance in the end, just to tie it all off, just to tell us... Goodbye. A cheese fest. Just a little cheese fest. Mm. Um, so that's like three out of ten for me. Okay. 
Coolio. Um, I don't even want to look at the time because I know we have gone over. Um, but next week we will be doing the movie Valentine's Day, which is one of my favorites. Um, and yeah, so we'll see you then. Um, at Flick Talk with your popcorns and hot chocks and tea and whatever you want. But yeah. Valentine's Day. Eh. <laughs> Thank you guys for joining us this week and hopefully you'll see a lot more content from us. And if um like Fee said in our you know in our previous episode, feel free to give us any movie suggestions or um let us know your thoughts. Um rate us mm-hmm. and yeah. Just um If you give us a bad rating I will kill you. That's a joke, people. That's a joke. So, but um, thank you once again for joining. I, I'm not a violent person. Thank you so much. Um, thank you for giving us airtime. Yes. And uh, this has been Fee, this has been Fee and Bell at Flick Talk. I'm Bell. And um, this. Okay, I think we should sing the song. Oh Come on. no! We have to. Oh gosh! We just have to. We can fade it out. Right. Okay. Well, you can start. I'll be back up. I'm having the time of my life. And I owe it all to you, 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 you. <laughs> but you didn't think that remix was going to come on your No. Mind. Anyways. Thank you for listening. Um, and... We'll say bye in one, two, three. Bye. Bye. Stay safe and take care. Wash your hands.